0: Today, I have a great episode because I sat down with my podcast besties and chatted about the podcast life, the opportunities that open for our businesses, the things we didn't expect, and our advice to you if you're considering your own podcast. If you're ready to launch your podcast, grow your audience, and monetize authentically, but you don't know where to begin, I highly recommend the Podcast Pro University, It's the number one podcasting course for online entrepreneurs, and this is the exact course I enrolled in to launch this podcast. This course has it all, from naming your podcast, coming up with episodes, and how to set up your tech, to finding guests, and how to monetize from the start. My affiliate link is in the show notes. Okay, this episode is a juicy one, so grab some pen and paper, your coffee, and get ready for some podcasting inspiration. Hey there, mom boss! Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast, where we dive into personal branding, how to build our businesses on social media, learn some really cool marketing hacks, all while balancing family life. And don't forget, we do it the fun and easy way. I'm Allison Scholz, once a corporate marketing coordinator, a teacher, and now photographer and podcaster. And yes, I'm that boss lady in sweatpants. Go ahead and hand out the kids' tablets, open those juice boxes, put on your comfy sweatpants, and hide in your closet. Let's get this party started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with my podcasting besties. We have Shannon Baker, Laura Shipman, Robin Graham, and Elena Chicatelli. The five of us have been on one heck of a podcasting journey, and we're here today to share with you the juicy truth about the podcasting world and what it can do for you and your business. Let's start with some intros and I'll start with Laura. Share with us what you do, name of your podcast, and how long you've been podcasting.
1: My name is Laura Shipman and I am a social media manager, coach, strategist, and podcaster. And my podcast is called The Laura Shipman Show and it's mostly an educational podcast all about teaching people how to do social media effectively.
0: And I love your podcast and you and I have been on each other's show so many times. And actually I've had all of these ladies on my show in the past and they were coming back as returned guests. So no surprise that these are my, you know, my besties for podcasting. All right. Next up is Robin.
2: Hello everyone. Allison, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to share all of this information about podcasting. My podcast is the second phase podcast, and it's all about brand strategies. Well, I should say brand and life strategies for success And I help female entrepreneurs by teaching them how to create personal brands that stand out, connect with their ideal audience, and make money.
0: And you do such a wonderful job. So thanks for being here. Next up is Shannon. Thank you.
3: Hey, I'm Shannon Baker. I'm a business system strategist in layman's terms. I help busy women, especially entrepreneurs, create systems so that they can save time with those automated tasks, and then they can focus on what matters most. So my podcast is a more than capable mompreneur, and that's what all the episodes about are about. They're things that can be done in what I call the mom cracks of time, which are the little increments that we get as busy moms. But it also, my episodes help you to embrace that you are worthy of self-care, taking a step back, investing in your business. So the systems and the guests that I have help with everyday things in addition to business things, because- in our world, they're all one.
0: And you do such a great job, Shannon. I've learned so much from you, so I can't wait to see what the new year brings to your podcast. And finally, Elena.
4: Thanks, Allison. I'm Elena Cicatelli. My podcast is called the SideGig Central Podcast, and- I help service-based entrepreneurs build their online business, and that's by way of starting your business as a side gig. I still have a full-time job, and I started my podcast. We'll get into that a little bit later. I started my podcast as a side gig, and that turned into a business. So I bring on fabulous guests like all these ladies here in this conversation today. They share all of their tips and knowledge, and I do a couple of solo
0: episodes just based Based on my real life experience. Thank you, Elena. So as you can hear that we all have different parts of our podcast, we do it for different reasons. So I'm going to start with kind of a loaded question. This is open to any of you ladies just to chime in. Why did you start a podcast?
1: I'll go first. That's such a good (laughs) question. Some of it is kind of wanted to see what I would do. You know what I mean? You put yourself in these situations and see what you can get out of the experience and take it from there. Um, and then I thought Then my second thought was I can help a lot more people through the podcast. And then my third thought was it's a great marketing tool. I love it for a marketing tool. Those are like the three reasons that I decided.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I first decided that I would try it, I was a guest on a podcast before I even thought of starting one and then the interest kind of just unfolded and I thought, well, maybe I can expand my audience and grow my audience. And I really started it as a passion project. I never thought it would be a huge part of my business. You have a follow-up? I was going to
1: say, I did. Yeah. I did have, I got the bite of the bug though. We had a local radio station and I had a weekly segment on Saturday mornings and I loved that. And then the radio station went under. So I needed, I needed to fulfill, you know, that itch that I had with it too. So I would say that was the other reason why as well. So I kind of had dipped my toe in the water a little bit on that radio show.
2: So Allison, I am like you, I was a guest on several podcasts before I even considered starting my own, but there were multiple reasons why I dove into this because one was um, I really enjoyed having those conversations and sharing my expertise and sharing my knowledge and helping other people grow, but not having to be on a stage because I've had such anxiety over public speaking for so many years that this has been kind of my way of overcoming that. So that was one reason. The other reason was really to become or be seen as that expert and authority in the personal branding and brand marketing strategy space and being able to interview people and who are like me in their second phase of their career and have gone from phase one to phase two successfully and created solid businesses like you ladies have um, that I wanted to tell those stories. I'm a I'm a storyteller by heart and just being able to tell those stories to inspire other people to overcome fear to take action and stop procrastinating that so all of those things combined were why i started the podcast i had no idea how much it was going to work for me um you know so it's it's been a a blessing even though as kind of it started as a passion project but it has really transformed into this core of my business and ability to tell my story as well as the story of other people to inspire others.
0: I love how you pointed out that it helped you overcome almost that fear of being on stage because I feel the same way. I wanted a way to use my voice, but I also didn't at the time, I didn't want to be on video all the time. So I was like, well, how can I use my voice, but not be on video you know, still be that boss lady in sweatpants, right? (laughs) Show up messy in my sweatpants. And that's when, you know, I kind of plugged in the mic and that's kind of how it started. Shannon, why did you start a podcast?
3: So a little different for me, I actually wanted to start the podcast like almost three years before I launched. And I just launched in April of this year. But I knew I needed to be focused with my content. Um, So because I didn't have the clarity I wanted in my business, I just kept pushing it off. So once I took a step back from my business, really decided what I wanted to do, put in the work, um, made the shift from being a virtual assistant to direct one-on-one consulting and support, I had that clarity. So that process kind of drove me in the direction. It's like, okay, now that you know your business is where you want it to be, it's time to use a podcast to establish yourself. As an expert in a new space because everyone knew me as a virtual assistant i still have people that come to me and they're like okay we met like six years ago and now i'm ready to hire a virtual (laughs) assistant and i'm like oh that's great but i can't help you but (laughs) the podcast really is how i establish myself in a new space so now everyone's shifting to okay well while you can't support me i can tune into your podcast to figure out how to get things in place so that I can hire a virtual assistant.
0: That's really cool. And I'm sure after three years, you're really happy that you launched your podcast, right? Absolutely. I love it. Now it's mine.
3: I own it. Yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. That's a great point too. Your Mm -hmm. podcast is your podcast. And I think that's probably why a lot of people are so interested in deciding if podcasting is right for them because a lot has changed in the social media world and with all the platforms and what's going on, you know, and without getting into all of that, we don't own our social media platforms, but our podcast is our podcast, just like your website is your website. Elena, you said earlier in your introduction that you started your podcast as a side gig. So, that, is that why you started a podcast and how has it changed for you now?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So I do not like my full-time job and I am a content creator at heart. Um, you know, so what I do for my my full-time job, I work for a tech company out of Silicon Valley and, um, you know, it's, it's one of the things that drew me to podcasting because it was something like a, a lot of you ladies had mentioned this about podcasting being this way to be really visible and to build a brand new audience like how am I going to build this brand new audience and solidify my presence as a sales coach as somebody that can actually help you get your your voice out into the world and actually make some sales so I started it yes correct I started it as a side gig and I just I challenged myself I'm Record an episode every single Monday, and I'm gonna release one episode for a year. And that was this past year, just wrapped up the last episode of the year. And I did it as an experiment just to like test and see if I could actually do it. And I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later and just the work that is required (laughs) to actually make that happen and for you to be publishing on that schedule every single week. But you know what? I built up an audience, I built up a business. And I am so glad that I decided to just start and just do it, um, even though I was insanely scared.
0: <laughs> well, and I'm glad that you said that because you listen to that little voice in your head that even though it's scary and it is scary to launch a podcast and put your voice out there, you know, and to think tons of people are going to listen to me and take me seriously But if it feels right to you and it's aligned, go for it. Like, what is the worst that could really happen that you put, you know, and I always say, and my podcast coach said this and Robin, you'll probably remember her saying this. If you have one, at least one person listening to your show, it's worth it because you're making an impact on that one person and they need to hear your voice. They need to hear your message. So on top of why you started a podcast, I want to know ladies, what opportunities have you received through podcasting? Like what doors has it opened?
4: I could just jump in here really quickly because um, to piggyback off of the launch of my podcast, I also did another like crazy insane thing is that I paired the launch of my podcast with a press release. And I also did like a huge press push. I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, Oh, well side gigs are really hot. And at the, at the time it was, you know, we were really talking about the gig economy. This was like pre COVID stuff. Right. And I got into Forbes, I was invited on Cheddar Business on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, and they were talking about my podcast. It was insane. So do not discount the fact that you have a message. You have a message and people need to hear it, just like you were saying, Allison. So um, I, I really could not have done any of those things without taking that leap of faith and saying, all right, yeah, I actually do know my stuff, and I actually do have something to say. And I have been guests on many podcasts, including this fabulous podcast, and also um, I've got a lot of speaking opportunities as well as building my my business. So I, and it's been it's been a jackpot for me.
0: That's awesome, and I remember when you pushed out those press releases and I saw that you were featured in Forbes and I thought, Oh my gosh, how exciting. I need to have her on my show and we need to talk about this. And that's so cool. And it does open up a lot of opportunities. I know for myself, I think the biggest thing for podcasting is I have met incredible talented people and, and most of them don't just start with the interview and end. It continues You know, there's a relationship that you can build with people through podcasting and you just never know what opportunities open. And it may not always be like a sales opportunity, but the referrals, I think that's the biggest thing that I've gotten out of podcasting is the amount of referrals and just random emails that I get with people who want to be on my show. I think that's like the biggest shock that I have gotten from launching my podcast is I never need to go find people to be on my show. Just when I get to that point of like, Ooh, I'm getting down to the bottom of my list. I need to start, you know, brainstorming. And then all of a sudden they just come flooding in and they want to be on my show and they already have the ideas and it's just awesome how it works out.
3: Yeah. I found that too. Um, Cause I've had a couple of people um, say, you know, with getting speaking opportunities because they listen to the podcast Well, you know, I keep pitching myself, but I'm not getting any bites. You know, how do you get on, how do you become a speaker at these events? And I have to say, I don't do anything. (laughs) They literally come to me because they've listened to the content on the podcast. So I, I get one to two invitations per month to speak at summits, which in turn, like you said, develops the relationship with not only the host, but the other speakers on the panel, and everyone that attends. So it increases my website traffic. My email list like, has doubled in, since I launched a podcast in April. I mean, it's just the, uh, the results that you get from it are just amazing. And I get more clarity in my business and what services to provide because of the feedback that I get from the different episodes, which we'll talk more about later, but also helps in those times when you're like, I have no idea what topic... I want to cover, you know, in my next recording. Well, if you go back and look through the feedback, you can pick one and just roll with it because you know, that's what your audience
1: wants. So for me too, it was um, getting keynote um, speaking gigs in places because, and especially in um, like the CEO peer group world is where I've been able to really plug in. So I've been I'm a featured speaker for a couple of different peer groups locally, and it's been really good because what I'll do is I'll tell people, you know, take a listen to these episodes. These are the ones I'll probably speak to for your group. Let me know if you like it or how you would like me to customize that when I do come on the stage for you. So that's been, that's been kind of neat. And then in Florida, where I am, this is pre COVID, of course, you know, we have a lot of convention sites. And so to do that circuit is a lot of fun and it's usually over a weekend and it's nice to spend the weekend at one of those resorts (laughs) because what they usually do is, you know, they usually put you up in one of these resorts and then you get to meet all the people who you are speaking to and interact with them and network with them. And it just opens up your network so much more, which I think is a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I always see pictures that you're at these resorts in your Instagram stories. And I'm like, where is Laura now this weekend? <laughs> We're all jealous, Laura.
1: <laughs> and a lot of those things are speaking gigs. And a lot of the reasons why I'm there is because of those. So it's it's been really, really good for that. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I would, I would agree. I have met so many incredible people and it really has been about building relationships and people that I never would have met or found on social media probably had they not pitched to be a guest on my show. And it's like you said, people come out of the woodwork and I'm like, wow, they want to be on my show. So it's, it's kind of been um, a confidence booster at the same time that people are like, oh, this is, this is a worthy show that they want to share their message, you know, but the speaking opportunities, um, just growth from a referral perspective. And like I mentioned earlier, one of the reasons I started the show was to really become that seen or to be seen as the expert and authority in my space. And it has done that for me. And so I think, you know, those opportunities are really key because next week I have three speaking engagements. So, you know, it's just everything comes in waves, but it's the opportunities have been consistent like that all year long. And the stages and the opportunities just keep getting bigger, the more content that I put out and the more people I meet through interviews. And like Elena said, I have been a guest on so many shows and, you know, people will join my Facebook group or they'll connect with me on Instagram and they'll say, Hey, I heard you on such and such. And so it's just, it's a great way, or it has proven to be a great way to build my network, build my email list, like Shannon said, and continue to, to grow as an expert in my, in my area of expertise.
0: And what's so cool is once we're a guest on someone else's show, I think what people don't realize is that's evergreen. Like that is always there. And you can always be found. You just go on iTunes and you can just like, I'll put in my own name and it's so cool at the bottom. It brings up all the shows that I've been on. So Mm -hmm. your visibility and your reach just grows over time through podcasting. Now I want to like turn the tables a little bit. What's something you didn't expect in the podcast world? This one will be a lot of fun. (laughs) I think the answers will be interesting, but what is something that you did not expect?
2: The time, it's unbelievable how much time one episode can take, you know, from, and I have the entire process and Shannon, you'll be so proud of me automated, (laughs) but it's still despite that there's, you know, there are still things that you have to do. And even though I have someone doing the, the physical editing or the technical editing after I record it, the process is still. Time intensive, and you have, you know, you want to then foster those relationships you've built. So then you're, you know, you're making that effort to connect with people after the fact and continue those relationships. So I think that has been the biggest um, shock. Was how much time it actually takes behind the scenes. It's not just picking up a microphone and saying, Hey, everybody, I'm here and I'm going to teach you about XYZ.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I I totally agree with you, Robin.
3: <laughs> um, and I was going to say, in addition to, I mean, not just the time producing the content, but the planning ahead of time and planning afterwards, because while you may have, you know, the initial, I have a new episode. You don't wanna just drop your content. You have to keep referring people to the same content. So that's even more time. And then I had the internal fight with myself because you, you, I wanted everything to be perfect. So if every, anyone else is a perfectionist, it's like you hear a little click, you hear something else, you didn't say something right. It's like, I will record a whole episode and like, oh, I hate the way that sounds. Cause I did not like the sound of my voice when I started podcasting. So I would delete the episode and start all over again. So that itself is like, you have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and the unknown because podcasting will just take you into so many different places. You can't plan for all of them.
0: I agree with you. And I'm so glad you mentioned the voice because that was going to be like one of the biggest things is going through podcasting. For me, at least it was discovering that part of my brand is my personality and my voice. And it's almost funny. I feel like as you go through podcasting, your podcast show almost becomes part of your brand. And it's exciting, but it's scary at the same time because you're putting your voice and your content out there each and every week if you choose to show up weekly and if that's a big part of your content, like your biggest hub, like that is for me, like my podcast is my main content hub, you know, and then it's broken down and spread out, you know, through, and they're hearing my voice week after week. And I, Shannon, I, I won't even listen to like probably the first three months of my podcast because I go back and I was like, wow, that was horrible. Like so scripted, so robotic. <laughs> And I think Elena and I used to talk about that. I remember the scripts that we would send to each other, like, here's all the questions and here's my answers and we would read from them. So I feel like, yeah, that's, that's something I didn't expect was you discover almost more of yourself as you put your voice out there.
2: Oh, hundred percent. Oh, whoa, whoa. Sorry. <laughs> go no, go ahead, Elena. I was, I was only going to say it, you know, related to that, you we're, we hear ourselves and we're like, oh, this drone, you know, you just get tired of listening to yourself, but we have no idea what the other side of the mic is, how they're reacting. And that's one of the hardest things for me is because I'm, I'm such an expressive person and I love human connection. So it's really hard for me to sit here and record and not have any idea what other people's reactions are on the other side. I'd also
4: um, say, too, when you are recording and you're doing a solo episode versus a guest episode, I think doing a lot of guest episodes made me a better interviewer because... Allison, as you had said in the beginning of my podcast, I would cut people off. I wouldn't let them finish a thought. I had to like get my two cents in there. And it was like, I, I learned over time to pick out those beats in the conversation where I could pick up a little nugget of something that they had said. And also, Allison, to your point, yes, I used to script everything. And now it's like, here's the topic. And then it's my job, I feel like, as the host to lead the conversation. But just like we're having now, like this this group, like Coffee Chat, is to pick out certain nuances that we can kind of riff off of. And then I find that I've maybe asked the guest one question and it turns into this conversation and turns into this like really robust non-scripted non-robotic thing but yeah in the beginning like don't listen to at, at the very beginning <laughs> was just like but you have to get done all of those episodes you have to like get over all of those because I, you know with anything with content creation related it's it's the same hurdles you have to get all the way through all those like first couple of episodes then you're then you're golden
0: well and I think too you got to get the first 30 done because that's how you're gonna look back and decide, what vibes with my audience. Cause then you're going to look at your analytics and go, okay, these were like the top five that people are downloading. These are, you know, this is what's getting shared. This is the feedback I'm getting. So I always think the first 30 episodes are like your biggest test of where your podcast is going to go.
1: I can tell us a funny story about probably like, yeah, my first five or 10 podcasts that I put out there. I didn't know how to use my mic and I had watched some YouTube channel, um, to how to set it up. And I kept getting this like echo and this reverb and all this stuff. And it's just the quality stunk. And I'm like, (laughs) I couldn't handle it. And living in Florida, we have hard services everywhere just to keep it cooler here in the summertime. So the sound absorption isn't that good. So what I would end up doing is I would sit at my desk, under a towel with a sound shield around me, sweating to death in August. I just remember this so vividly. And it's like those little things that you just don't know when you're just, you know, jumping into something two feet in and putting all your effort into it. That was, yeah. So those first like 10 or so episodes that I did, just imagine me covered in a blanket and a towel with a sound shield around me and and no air coming in. It was Horrible. It was absolutely horrible.
0: <laughs> I think we've all been there, or you start talking and you didn't hit the record button. I know I've done that I've plenty done that. of times. I've done that. And then you look down and you're like,
1: mm-hmm. well, okay, let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun when that happens and you have a guest on. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Don't make that mistake and make sure you
0: hit the record button when you have a guest. Now I'm sure a lot of our listeners might be thinking, you know, I'm interested in podcasting. But I think a lot of people might be thinking or holding themselves back because they're afraid that they're not going to come up with enough topics or enough content. And I know I have thought that. So if you ever, do you ever find yourself in like a topic block? And if you do What do you do about it?
4: What I was going to say is I go through my social media feed and I go through a lot of um, uh, people that are within my community of just followers and all that uh, good stuff. And I look and see what they're talking about. And then I've, I've done this in a couple of instances where I'll look at an Instagram TV or like, and if it's an, if it's a topic that kind of piques my interest, I will DM that person and say, Hey, do you want to talk about this topic for 10? I always say 10 minutes because it's not 10 minutes, but it's a little bit longer than the 10 minutes. You want to talk about this topic for 10 minutes They're, you know, 95% say yes. Um, and then I have my topic and it's good to go. So I, I wouldn't discount the fact that, uh, you can go through and see what other people are talking about. And I think that helps take the pressure off of you because I think as a content creator, we feel like everything has to be so original and yes, it, it does need to be original. It needs to be yours. You need to have your own voice and flair to it. But, um, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you, Elena. And I sometimes go to Pinterest, and I will just put in a couple keywords. And then I will just go through the newsfeed and see what titles jump out at me. Like if they're giving like, I don't know, four tips to blah, 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 or the key to blah, blah, blah. And I'll use that and then it'll generate some ideas. And I just keep a long list of ideas. And then I also use certain questions from my own community, especially in my Facebook group. Cause I always ask them when they're coming on to my group, like, what is your biggest frustration with Instagram? Or what is your biggest frustration with social media? I actually collect all of those responses in an Excel spreadsheet and keep a running tab. And that way I will go there and look at something like maybe I haven't talked about or dug in deep on my show. And then I have a topic.
1: I kind of do the same thing. I use Trello though for that. And I, the reason why I love that is because it has that checklist feature and half the time I'm like doing one of my walks or something like that. And what I'll do is I'll record the idea in Trello. And, a, and then as I'm thinking about it, the outline will come in my head. So I'll do that in the checklist portion of Trello and I'll put like all the, the different topics that I want to, or points that I want to talk about in that one idea. And so that helps me. So I have like a really long Trello board for upcoming podcast ideas. And then what I like to do is I like to search on YouTube to see what people are talking about on YouTube. And I, I try not to watch the video about it. I just want to see what they're topic is or their headline is. So I'm like, Oh, you know, that could be a good topic. And then I'll just, you know, make it my own by creating my own, you know, strategy or format or framework for that. So that's how I usually do it.
0: Oh, that's a really good idea. I've never considered YouTube. Now, Shannon, I know you're a big fan of Trello. So do you do the same thing with your podcast ideas? Do you use Trello too? Absolutely. So
3: (laughs) What I do, um, so I organize mine a little different. I have a list based on each main topic that falls into my content buckets. And then I break those down. So I'll have a list for like tools and then there's a card for each tool. And then there's a checklist inside of there for the different things that I can feature in an episode to talk about that tool. So nonetheless, Trello has the longest um, list inside of my Trello board because there's so many different things you can do with it. But when I run out of topics as well, or I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. One thing that, two things that have really helped me. One is I look at my consumption rates for my episodes, and the ones that have the highest consumption rate, I just go back and look at the content. And if I've covered three points, which is generally I do three to five points in my episodes, I just pull one of those points out and expand on it and create a new episode from it. I'm not regur I'm not technically regurgitating content, but even if I am, it may be like I'm on episode 44. You know, you lose count. 44, 45, somewhere around there. Um, now, so I can go back to episode two, three, four. You know, those first ten terrible episodes that I have, and pull the content out <laughs> and give it. You know, breathe new life into it. But I also have one group that I use that has all of my target market in it. And I just see what the seasonal pain points are that they're talking about in that Facebook group. And literally, I only use that group for research. So that helps me know, okay, this is the season that they're in. So let me put out a podcast episode or a topic that helps with their pain point of the season.
0: That is a really good tip, especially on the consumption rate, because I, I don't know what you ladies use for um, putting your episodes out there, but I have Podbean. And it only gives me my download number, but I want to know, are they listening to the entire episode or are they only listening to the intro? And they're like, ah, this isn't for me. But I think through Apple, you can actually look at your episodes. And so Shannon, is that what you're referring to is through Apple, where you can actually get the full consumption of each episode?
3: Yes. So I'll still beta testing. I'd go in at least twice a week and kind of screenshot each month because it doesn't give you all your episodes together. Okay. So that way I can kind of piece it together. And then Chartable has started giving consumption rates in um, their analytic dashboard as well. It's not as granular or clear as what you get through
1: Apple Podcasts,
3: but it does kind of give you an idea of the dip and you know the highs and lows of your consumption rate.
1: That's like one of the most frustrating things for me about podcasting is the analytics. Like I haven't found a good place to understand exactly who's, who it's reaching. I I know my downloads, but that that's like a like, right. It's like vanity metrics in a sense. Like it doesn't really tell you much. Um, so I don't know what my consumption rate is really, or, um, my, like how, how long people are listening for all of that stuff. It's frustrating. I find that really frustrating about podcasting.
2: Yeah. But is it, It, there's nothing in one place. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know I use Apple connect to see a lot of the consumption stats versus and Lipson provides the, I can see the unique downloads and I can see where the downloads are coming from, Mm -hmm. you know, what countries they're in and, and things like that as well as um like where they're listening in terms of Stitcher or Mm -hmm. um, Apple or whatever, but you can't tell how long they're listening unless I go to app. So it's, it's kind of a back and forth. There's no really good concrete way to evaluate it in one quick place. It's, you have to take time.
4: Okay. Silicon Valley nerds. I know you you have your work. You have the next business model ready to go. I'm sure. I'm sure some like guys and gals somewhere like locked in a basement, like must figure out podcast metrics. like
2: <laughs> so true, yeah, um, it's not like Instagram where you just go to your insights and you can see everything. You have to go no. to multiple places to get a really clear picture of what's happening.
1: And so what I was going to say to that is I always tell people on my podcast, I mean, please let me know that you like this, send me a DM. Like you're not bothering me because it's like, I just want to know that I've connected with you because sometimes when I talk into the microphone, I have this vision of, I'm talking into a black hole. I'm not, no, I don't know who this is reaching and if any like life form is out there. And so I always tell people, you know, please like, don't be shy. Podcasters want to hear from you. They really do because it's our only link to you really is when you get comments or they shout you out or, you know, hit up your DMS and start having conversations with you. And and that just lights me up really. It it inspires me to do more and better every time I hear from a listener, even if it's the same listener over and over again. I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think on the flip side of, even though the analytics at this point aren't so great, but to put a positive spin on it, I think it pushes podcasters to Mm -hmm. be consistent and always putting great content out there because that's how you're going to grow. And I think too, it's also good to note that the growth of your podcast, you can only compare it to your own growth. You can't get sucked into comparing your growth to another podcaster because their audience is totally different their, you know, purpose of their podcast is totally mm-hmm. different. So I think, you know, that's the other thing. Cause I know in the beginning, you know, you'd be like, well, how many downloads do you have? Or how many downloads does this person have? And it doesn't matter. You can only compare your success, your podcast success to yourself. So we are getting to the end of our episode here. So I want to have one last question. What is the best advice for starting And launching a podcast, what advice would you give if that's, you know, someone approached you and they asked you that question?
2: I'll go first. Um, I would say, listen to a lot of podcasts so that you can get a sense of style that you like and that fits well with your personality and your brand. And then you can kind of define your flow and how you want your podcast to flow, because every podcast is different and the energy with every podcast is different. So it's really important, I think, to really identify how you want to present yourself to your audience. And the other thing is set a budget because um, you need to invest time and money into podcasting. You have a monthly fee for the um, hosting site that you're going to or platform that you're going to use. But if you want to have someone edit it, it's not cheap. I mean, it's expensive. So you need to um, establish a budget as well. um, If you're not going to be able to invest the time yourself to edit. Everything and then the other thing I would say is from the get-go, invest in creating blogs with your content from your episodes so that they are SEO ready um, instead of just using transcription services because when you do that, you're driving traffic to your website and then you'll increase your opportunities from Google Google ranking perspective. So those would be the three key things that I would say before you start. Um, In addition to, of course, the little things like your graphic, you want to be eye catching and you want it to be on brand. And then obviously you want the title to be something that you can grow with um, so that you don't have to change it, you know, six months into your show, because you've discovered that this isn't the path you want to go on. Great advice, Robin.
1: I, I think for me, what I would say is research what you really need for equipment, because I think a lot of people jump in trying to make um, all these big equipment buys. And I would say, if you're going to spend any money on equipment, it's research your microphones first, because it's an audio thing. And if, you're, if your um, sound quality isn't good, I, I think your podcast will suffer from it because you've got people who are, are depending on you with a crystal clear microphone, one that works, one that you, they can actually hear the energy and emotion in your voice. And that's what I would say. And I, I kind of made a rookie mistake where I bought a a sound shield It ended up, I really didn't need it. So do your research, figure out, um, what you really need for equipment. It doesn't have to, you can start off small. You don't need, you don't need a whole bunch of stuff to, to start a podcast.
0: And that's really good advice because I think people think that they need to have all the fancy equipment and have everything mm-hmm. done. No, like just get those first three or four episodes going. Have the mic, have the um, like Podbean or Libsyn ready to go, and just just get going. And I always say, mark down on your calendar your launch date. Write it down. Don't just Mm -hmm. have it lingering in your head because that's kind of what I did. And then I was like, you know what? No, I'm putting it down on the calendar. This is my launch date. And then I reverse engineered from there. Shannon, how about you? What's your best piece of advice?
3: Yeah, one, put the date on the calendar. That's what I did. I picked my date and I was like, I don't care if I put out the worst episode ever. I am launching on this date with three episodes and I ignored everything else to get it done, to tag onto what Laura said just do it. And you don't have to buy any equipment. I started my podcast with my iPhone. I literally recorded directly in voice memos and it was clean. And now I have a $24 lavalier microphone. So you don't have to go out and buy a bunch of fancy stuff because as Robin mentioned, it's you don't know how things are going to work out for you. You may start not like it, but you if you have hundreds of dollars worth of, podcasting equipment then you're gonna be ready to kill yourself because you're like this was such a waste of my money yeah Uh and then do it your way don't worry about how everybody else is doing it how often they do it if they do bonus episodes so what it's your space it's your intellectual property do what works for you i've embraced that this year and you know you all know me i will pull back in a heartbeat if I need to focus on something, because mm-hmm. our business is supposed to energize our life, not suck the life out of us. So format it in a way that works for you and not the way everybody else does. It will work.
0: Oh, that that's such great advice. Cause I think a lot of people will listen to podcasts and again, they're going to go to that comparison and they're going to think, I don't have the fancy music. I don't have the intro. You know what? You don't need to do an intro if you don't want to just Put your content out there and use your voice. Elena, I want to hear from you because you started your podcast as a side gig and it's really has grown. So I want to know what advice you would give to the listeners.
4: Well, it is very difficult to be the last person to give advice because all of I was just nodding my head incessantly. I'm like, "Yep, that is uh, that is very much on point." So it's very difficult to follow everybody's uh, advice tips, but um, mine is going to be a little bit elementary, and it's to lower your expectations. Lower your expectations as to what your podcast is going to do for you, because I did not make one cent, one dollar wasn't anything until I was a good six, seven months into reporting consistently. So lower your expectations. It's not going to be this, Rainstorm of opportunity. Like the reason why everybody on this show right now got the opportunities that they did is because they plugged away at it. They were consistent. I know that everybody says consistency, but it actually does matter. So just take your ego out of a little bit. I know it's tough when you're first putting yourself out there. Get comfortable with the way that your voice sounds, and it will happen. It will happen. Just lower your expectations and that will then keep you going. It'll it'll stop you from saying like, oh, this this is just a bag of wind. I don't know why I'm even doing this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well and I think that's was really great advice because you nailed something. We need to use our podcast as a way to serve our audience. We're not here to grab those huge sponsorships and make, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like we're all here to serve because we truly want to inspire and help our audiences. And I think that's what sets you apart from other people who think, well, I'm going to jump into podcasting and I'm going to put some episodes out there and I'm just going to grow and I'm just going to make thousands of dollars. That is the worst thought process to approach podcasting. And that, you know, and I say the same thing when you're on your social media accounts, you need to be there to serve your audience. And the same thing is with your podcast is just use your voice, use your passion to serve and inspire your audience. So ladies, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show. I really hope that this inspires our listeners to consider podcasting. And I hope that they go to your shows. I will make sure that I drop all your links in the show notes, but until next time, stay sassy, sparkle, and wear those sweatpants thank you for tuning in today. If you loved today's episode, then please head over to iTunes, social media for mompreneurs and leave a review. Your review helps grow the show. And don't forget, head to bossladyandsweatpants.com to grab all my freebies and hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes. I'll see you soon.